she accomplished what no man had been able to do in ministry when in 1922 she built a 5,000-seat auditorium in a prestigious area of Los Angeles, which became the envy of Hollywood theater owners. Who was this woman? Stick with me as we journey into this episode. Welcome everyone to Anger with Esther. This platform is dedicated to sharing insights about your identity, your work with Jesus, and fulfilling your God-ordained purpose. It pleases me to inform you that on today's episode, we'll be looking into the last case study for this season. This season has been an adventurous one for me, and I hope it's been the same for you too. My eyes have been opened to things. If you haven't listened to the past episodes, I encourage you to do so. It will bless you a great deal. We'll be looking into the life and works of Amy Semple McPherson on this episode. Amy Semple McPherson. On the night of October in 1890, Amy Elizabeth was born to James Morgan and Minnie Kennedy in Ontario, Canada. Her mother prayed that if the Lord would give her a daughter, she would dedicate her to the ministry to fulfill the calling that she had neglected to fill herself. And Amy grew up into a very beautiful and intelligent little girl. So that brings us to the first learning point on this episode. The first thing that stands out for me here is how parents can uphold a spiritual stake over their children's lives. I believe with all my heart that if parents can side with God regarding the fulfillment of God's agenda, then children will rise in their ordinations faster and a lot more easily. As a teenager in a revival meeting, she rededicated her life to God and got introduced to Pentecostalism. It was here that she met Robert Semple, a missionary whom she got married to shortly after at the age of 18. Amy had a vision where she heard God say to her to become a winner of souls. She became very hungry for more of God and the power to fulfill her calling. She began to attend tarrying meetings where believers sought the baptism of the Holy Spirit, even to the extent of skipping school so that she could just go to Tyre, and this caused great alarm to her parents. After she got married, the couple moved to another city where they worked together in ministry in 1909. It was here that Amy had her first experience with divine healing, where God miraculously healed her broken ankle and at that point she said she heard the lord say to her that if you will go over to the mission and ask brother Doham to lay hands on your foot i will heal it and she did and she did get healed while in london amy was asked to preach for the first time in public although she was only 19 she wanted to be obedient to god's call she ministered to the people from Joel chapter 1 verse 4 
and got so caught up in the anointing that she couldn't remember anything she said. Only the power of the anointing and the clapping and wiping of eyes when she had finished. Two years into their marriage, the couple went to China as missionaries. However, because of the poor living conditions in Hong Kong, they both contracted malaria and her husband died in less than two months after their arrival. Exactly one month later, Amy gave birth to her first child, a girl, and she had to return to the US as a mother and widow at the age of 19. After mourning the loss of Robert for a year in her childhood home, Amy became restless for the ministry and she returned to Chicago and New York seeking to minister to in, in the churches that Robert left behind. In New York, she met Harold McPherson, who was a solid and kind Christian businessman who offered Amy a proposal of marriage. They got married and had a second child, a boy. God continued to call Amy into the evangelistic ministry. She walked around the community teaching and preaching, but this did not satisfy the deep yearning God preferred in her to reach the multitude. In 1914, at 24, she became gravely ill. She thought she would die. As she lay in a lifeless coma, Amy heard God's voice asking her, Will you go? From somewhere deep within her, she managed to whisper that she would. When she opened her eyes, all the pain was gone. And within two weeks, she was up and well. From that point on, Amy was so determined to follow the call of God no matter what the cost. When Harold, her second husband, did not want to follow her, she took her children and left for a camp meeting in Toronto, Canada. Soon, she began preaching on her own and her mother agreed to care for her children while she built her ministry. Besides her dramatics and anointing, she was a woman preacher, so everyone was curious to see and hear her. Her second husband, Harold, joined her briefly in the meetings, but he could never reconcile himself to her vagabond lifestyle and eventually returned home and filed for divorce. For the next seven years, Amy traveled across the United States, preaching and ministering divine healing in more than 100 cities, holding meetings that lasted from two nights to a month. In 1919, a message of healing and restoration was such in an high demand that she realized the permanent place to minister would be of great benefit. The Lord led her to settle in Los Angeles in the wake of the Azusa Street Revivals where people were ready to receive her ministry. Her supporters were there even donated land and built her home. Between 1919 and 1923, she traveled the country nine more times, raising money for the building of Angelo's Temple. While continuing to lead multiple services each Sunday and conducting healing services throughout the week, Amy launched the Bible College later that same year, adding Bible instruction 
to an already demanding schedule. Early in the following year, February 1924, she also opened a radio station delivering messages across the radio waves. So another thing we should point out right here is that Amy was known for employing unpopular methods in ministry. And you can be creative about preaching the gospel, but you must be careful that your message is not lost or even adulterated in the process. By 1931, the price of fame had caused great loneliness to Amy, and she was in desperate need of companionship, love, and protection. She then got married to David Otten, her third husband. He was not a virtuous man as she believed him to be. And not long after they were married, another woman sued him for breaking his engagement to her. After a year of proceedings, the court ruled against him, and while Amy was away in Europe, in accordance to her doctor's advice, Otten filed for divorce. So in total, Amy got married three times and had two children for two men. As you know already, guys, the choice of a life partner is one that must be guided by God. If you play careless in this area, its implications are always fatal, depending on how weighty or critical the assignment on you is. And dear friends, you don't want to get to a point where you have to choose between your marriage and God's call on your life. That's why you must be very careful that your decision in marriage is strictly and utmostly guided by God. The years between 1938 and 1944 were very quiet years for Amy. There was very little said about her in the press. Much of Amy's efforts during these years were given to pastoring and training future ministers as well as establishing hundreds of churches. It is interesting to note that Amy, that the same year the world-famous Amy Semple McPherson was launching a radio station. That same year, Catherine Kuhlman had just started preaching as a teenager. And that was also the same time Maria Woodworth Eater breathed her last breath at 80 years of age. So Amy seemed to be like um, a bridge in between these two significant women of God in history. And I want to open to open your eyes to such a thing as the button pass. The button pass. You must keep in mind that you are a small component of a bigger picture. What God has committed to you, as huge as it may seem, is just a small part of a greater framework of God's agenda on the earth. The Bible speaks of God sending forth laborers into his harvest. So I want you to see, look at the picture of a massive farmland where laborers are working and one man continues where the other man has stopped. On the 27th of September in 1940, 1944, Amy St. McPherson went home to be with the Lord at the age of 53. 60,000 people came to pay their respects over the course of three days as Amy's body lay in state in Angelos Temple. Not only did Amy Semple McPherson break the barrier for women evangelists during a time when women were not accepted in the pulpit, 
She also built the largest church auditorium of her day. She launched the first Christian radio station. She established the Bible college and she birthed an entire denomination that is still growing today. The popular Four Square Gospel Church was, you know, founded by Amy. She did all of this amid the Great Depression during which one and a half million people received aid from her ministry. She was acknowledged by the President of the United States the U- and the U.S. Treasury for her war efforts and by the media for her enterprising theatrics and daring in reaching the lost. She was and remains a true hero of faith. As we close on this episode, apart from the anointing that God has placed upon you to carry out his work, there is a wisdom that is required to conduct your life and manage the situation that may be peculiar to you. Thank you for joining me on this episode. If this podcast inspires or blesses you in any way, do well to share with those you love. Let them get in on what God is doing. If you also want to take these lessons more seriously and make them a part of your life, I strongly encourage you to join us at the e-learning hall. All the information you need can be found on my Facebook and my Instagram pages at Estaolonimoyo. Until the next episode, stay blessed.